Uh, my name is James. And my name is Matt. And you are listening to Brother! Brother! Due to strange and unforeseen uh, weather conditions, we are <laughs> recording remotely from our individual houses because it's snowing for no reason in Portland. Yeah, it's like real snowy all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the, the game we're going to talk about today is the Sexy Brutal. Yeah. Which I think is the correct way to pronounce that, that word. I believe you're correct. <laughs> um, is... Uh, uh, not I'd never, I'd never heard about this game until you mentioned it to me, and I'm really glad you did. It turned out to be super interesting. It is a really interesting game. Um, I don't really know. I mean, like, I'm tempted to say it's an adventure game. It yeah. pretends to be a stealth game, but it's right. not really. <laughs> it's it's no. like a, it's like a, I don't know, like a voyeur sim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, or like, what was that? What was that old, that really old game that had like video clips that it played as the graphics, and you had to like wander, like Night Trap or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, 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 kind of like that. Right. So you know people are gonna die, and you have to be at the right place at the right time in the house to like trigger traps to kill the bad guys. Yeah, kind of. yeah, 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 kind of like that. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is uh, put out, I think, this year. Uh, by Tequila Studios uh, for the PS4, Nintendo Switch, uh, PC, and Xbox One. Um, you take the role of L- Lufcadio? Lufcadio? Yeah. Boom. Something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, who is a uh, invitee to uh, the, the Marquis, who's an a, a enigmatic millionaire, who has a, a casino inside of his own mansion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <he laughs> Among th- other things. <laughs> he throws like a New Year's Eve party every year, uh, but something mysterious is going on this year. Mm-hmm. So basically your role is to uh, go around and prevent the murders of the other guests and kind of unravel the, unravel the mystery. Right. There's there's little there's what eight guests maybe. Well, Nine, I ten? I think there are eight like sections total, but some of them are doubles. Oh, that's right. Um, and they're they're wandering around. Everybody's wearing a mask, uh, sort of like super fancy ballroom masks. There's one guy that has like a, a Mexican like luchador mask. Um, and as you save each person, you get to take their mask, which gives you new powers. Uh, which, of course, those powers are the ones you need to save the next person, which gives you the powers you need to save the next one, sort of like Mega Man style. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. The progression is almost like a combination of like Mega Man and, and like a Metroidvania yeah. in that sense. Because there are, like, as soon as you get into the game proper, once you're past the tutorial level, like, you mm-hmm. are kind of just... Like, you're given a goal, but you can go anywhere that you can go, you know, and you will encounter, like, doors that are locked or, you know, things that you can't pass until you have a specific ability. Like, chances to see, like, oh, you know, I I could put out this fire, or I could, I have to get here earlier to not let this fire turn on, or Uh I have to, yeah, all that sort of stuff. These mirrors seem important. Maybe I'll get back to them (laughs) at some point. (laughs) So you are basically, most of your gameplay is spent uh, sneaking around because you can't ever be in the same room with a guest right. or the mysterious staff members who have uh, gas masks and uh, card numbers and, and suits and stuff. But yeah. um, if you walk into a room with a person, then <laughs> their mask floats off and chases you around. <laughs> Right, which is awfully weird. It is really weird, and it's especially weird because it it presents itself as being an obstacle, but it never actually is. Like no. I, th- I think it's specifically a mechanic for keeping you out of rooms. Yeah, like they, they might as well have just not let you go into a room. Right. Although, even then, it doesn't actually... Like, you could... If there's a guy in the room with three exits, you, could, you have enough time to go in, run all the way across the room, past the guy... And go out one of the exits with no consequences. Yeah, that's true. Which is interesting. So really, it's it's just that, like, 
what else could they they could have also i guess t- like paused time while you're in it because that's essentially what happens anyway yeah that's true so you couldn't you know, actually no affect yeah affect anything yeah but yeah it, you're, you're right it is kind of just to like hint to the user that like no you can't be in here you <laughs> should move along and get back to what you're supposed to be doing yeah because i mean i assume you can die if a mask catches up with you it slowly drains your like little health meter but yeah, I actually, I let it happen at one point because I was like, <laughs> I, I kept expecting it to get like worse. Like, oh man, like maybe I'll have some real close calls or something. Uh-huh. But at some point I realized like the only way that this mask is going to catch me <laughs> is if I just stay still and let it do its thing. Did and yeah, you just, you just die and you have to go back to the save point. Okay. <laughs> um, so the basic uh, sort of format that these missions take is they start with a vision uh, you you have like a premonition of right um, the person's death, um, and then you first thing you're probably going to want to do is uh, grab the winding key. Um, and winding mm-hmm. keys are assigned to specific like sections of the mansion, um, and those are your like those allow you to access the uh, grandfather clocks, which are sp- spawn points essentially. Right. Um, and also give you the, well, let's see, do, do they, they let you jump back in time. So it, if we hadn't talked about it already, when you're playing through the game, you're playing through a 12-hour loop. Oh, yeah, that's important. From, from noon to midnight. Yes. And it, every time you, you have to save one person within that 12-hour period. And then at the end, once you've saved them, time loops and you move on to the next person. Right. The only thing you get to take with you in time loops is your masks. Right. And, and a couple of specific key items, items that yeah. you find later on. Uh, but so you can you can go to the grandfather clock to, to to what to jump time forward or is it to jump back to the beginning? It's to jump forward, which is actually yeah, that's right. Uh, not a thing that I ever found useful. Uh, you can no, e- me neither. Either jump to four o'clock or eight o'clock. Yeah. Um, and I hardly ever found myself in a situation where I was like. Man, I really wish it was six, so I don't know. <laughs> right? I, I don't want to wait, you know, like ten minutes or whatever. But yeah, well, or far more often, I would find like, oh, I wish it was seven, but <laughs> I can't really jump directly to like you know six thirty, which right. would be useful. Right. I have to settle for four or six, and it seems like there's always enough stuff going on like around you in the game that you don't know about yet. Yeah. That even if you have time to kill, you could just sort of like spy into other rooms and kind of get a better idea where other people are going. And it's actually uh, beneficial for you to do yeah. that because of the way that the map works. Um, oh, yeah. So the map is uh, an auto mapping system where it'll uh, map rooms as you enter them. But what it'll also do is any time that you see a character in game, either a uh, guest or staff member, it will mark their progress for as long as you see them on your map. And then mm-hmm. you can, uh, when you're in the map screen, you can scroll through uh, time, actually, and watch their movement right. patterns if you've seen them in the game. Yeah. Uh, which is which is really pretty cool if you're trying, because, like you said, like, you get a kind of a vision of how they die, and then especially, like, as you, as you try to focus on that character, you know, I usually end up sort of shadowing them throughout their yeah. timeline. But if you, you know, lose track of them or whatever... You can kind of see, oh, like they were in this room, but later I know they end up in this room, so I need to figure out like what they're doing in between there. Like, it it does a good job of urging you to fill in the gaps in your in your knowledge. Yeah, in definitely. Pursuit of figuring out their story. Um, so I think it makes sense to uh, walk through the tutorial level at least, sure. um, really quick because that kind of is the basic structure um, for what every successive mission is like. Yeah. Um, so the game opens with your character uh, waking up in a room. Um, there's a strange blood lady uh, <laughs> yeah. who gives you a broken watch, um, and she tells you. So they they section things off. So you're only allowed to be in the chapel, um, and yeah. you have a limited amount of time to work with. I think it's like six hours. I think it's only maybe? six. Yeah, for the first one. Um, she tells you that if you can save uh, uh, Reginald Sixpence, uh, mm-hmm. he will fix your clock for you. Um, and then you'll get out into the rest of the mansion. Um, 
So did you initially find this to be particularly difficult? Um, hmm, not particularly. Uh, I mean, it, it took me a little bit to kind of get into the idea that, like, that I could preempt what the other people were doing. Yeah. You know? Because uh, I feel like that's actually a very important gameplay element. Mm-hmm. Is, like, so in that, at some point, like, Reginald gets shot with a shotgun. Right. Uh, so, well, okay, like, how did how did the guy get the shotgun? He got it off of the wall. Right. Oh, but it wasn't loaded. Where did he get something to load it with? He got it out of this place. Uh-huh. Uh, so you kind of, or actually, well, something like that. It was it was to? loaded, but for some reason your character can't take it off the wall. It's like okay. in, in restraints or like a case or something. Mm-hmm. Um. And also at a certain point, uh, the other character, what's his face, the, the guy you're trying to save, mm-hmm. Reginald, uh, like has to open a safe to get something out. Yeah. And when he does, something falls out of the safe and you could be like, you could swoop in and get that before, like, there, there's just like a sequence of things where you have to be like, well, this is what will happen normally. Uh-huh. How can I sort of like wedge myself in between that? I don't <laughs> know. I don't think it took me too long to figure out what to do for him. That's good. Um, Yeah. I, I And in fact, I think... Like, his level and maybe, like, the next one, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like are kind of the perfect um, example of what they're trying to do. I I, I actually had to, um, for two of them, I think I had to look up a walkthrough. Oh, yeah. I think in your premonition sequence, you see him rum- rummaging through the safe, and then he oh. goes into the thing and gets killed. Yeah, that could be. Um, and if you're paying attention, you will notice. Uh, but basically, the way that you save him is... He while he's rummaging through the safe, a blank falls out. Put the blank in the rifle, and everything's yeah. all good. Um, but that's kind of the the, the flow of each successive uh, mm-hmm. level. Is you'll get the premonition. You want to wind the clock, and then yeah. you basically, like you were saying, like my first thing was to find out where the person was and follow them around until they died. Yes. Um, and then from that point, like like you said, you kind of like look at, well, how did they die? You know, how can I reverse that or what what right. can I affect that will change that? Yeah. And usually the, the circumstances of their death doesn't really have a backup option. <laughs> right. You know, so like that was that is like the one way that they are going to die. Yeah. And all you need to do is stop that one thing from happening and you're fine. Right. Uh I don't. I don't remember if there was ones with a lot more setup than that. Um, I mean, there's there's certainly ones with more. I mean, like that's the the basic format. I think there are ones with more sort of like moving parts. Yes. Um, more steps more, that feed into it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where it it fell down a little bit for me. Like so, uh, sort of stepping quickly into our <laughs> maybe favorite and least favorite missions. Oh yeah. Um um like I really struggled with the the one with the singer. Oh uh, yeah. Tequila Bell. Like right. I like I followed her around, I watched her, like I noticed the piano player goes over to the record player to take off the record. Mm-hmm. But then like from that point so like I I understood what I was supposed to be doing. Right. But I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Uh, um, that, that actually, I got a little bit hung up on that too. Yeah. Um, specifically, so like what the game wants you to do is it wants you to take that specific record from yeah. that room and put it in the storage room. Right. Um, so the, I'm sorry, but just for everyone else's benefit, um, the way that you, uh, the way that you solve it is um, at, at some point before she dies. Uh, the piano player gets up and leaves because he hears a record off off screen. Um, there is a storeroom uh, that you can lock from the outside, but you have to get it in there. And there's a record player in there too. Um, what hung me up is that you can also find a record um, earlier and a record player in right. the bar. Yeah. So I thought maybe like you were supposed to grab the record from there and put it in the other room so he'll come over and turn off that record and then go over to the store room. <laughs> that uh-huh. didn't work. Um, and then I thought maybe I should, you know, play the other record in the record player. That didn't seem to work. <laughs> um, yeah. 
the actual solution is you're supposed to grab the record in the music room from the room with the record player and put it in the storeroom and then you can lock him in. Right. But for some reason, like I, I really had a hard time like making all of those things click together. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially because, and I think what specifically uh, tripped me up is the mission before that, uh, the voodoo lady, Willow uh-huh. Blue, yeah. um, you're specifically given an item, a key, right. that you have to use after her death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when I was watching it, I noticed the, the storeroom keys on the piano. Uh-huh. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe I have to do something with the storeroom like yeah. after the death sequence happens, but that's not the case. No. Yeah, the, the part that confused me was, like, I kind of got the idea that, okay, it's we, we have the storeroom, it locks from the outside. Mm-hmm. They don't go in the storeroom normally, but, like, maybe if he hears the record playing, he'll go for it. I was just not doing it soon enough, basically. Like, oh. there's really just one window of opportunity when he takes a break from warming up. Yeah. And then he'll notice the music. Uh, but if you put it in after that, he doesn't notice it, even if it's during her performance. Right. So I, I just had to get the timing right on that one. Yeah. Um, uh, but you, anyway, <laughs> did you have any others that you struggled with? Uh, I struggled to get out of. Okay, so there is the uh, the one with the electrical cage and the two oh, yeah. like uh, thieves or whatever. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I, I I figured out that puzzle. Like that one was really fun. I liked it. But then I couldn't figure out how to get out at the end. Oh really? Yeah, because they <laughs> I, they talk about the the trap door. Yeah. And, but I, I was confused because I, I guess I didn't realize that they, for some reason, they didn't use the trap door. Because his hands are themselves. stuck. Well, the, right. The egg even, is covered in sticky stuff. Right. But even like at the end, after you save them. Oh, right? yeah. I guess you're right. They just kind of walk out like normal people. Yeah. Which is what I thought I was supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, that, that one I had actually had to look up because I was like, man, like I'm running around in circles here. There's nothing else <laughs> happening. Like, <laughs> huh, that's funny. That Yeah, that one seemed really easy to me. Um, huh. Although it does hinge on you uh, taking the seeing the voodoo candle um, and lighting that. So, you, so the ghost will tell you about a circuit panel. Which oh, that's seems true. A little. And actually, I have a. I have a bone to pick with the voodoo candles. Um, <laughs> yeah. First of all, they're loud and annoying. Uh-huh, <laughs> like every time, every time you walk into a room with ghosts that you can see and talk to, yeah. it makes that dumb cackling sound. Right. <laughs> um, also, after uh, Willow Blue's mission, like the power that you get from her mask is being able to interact with ghosts. Yeah. And it specifically points out the candles, but you can't light them. At that point, right. you have to wait until you get the lighter. Yeah. Which is which not is something weird. it says. Yeah. So. It's weird, too, because uh, during that mission, doesn't one of the other guests make some snarky comment about, like, oh, like, you can't really interact with ghosts. You're just using your little candles or whatever. Yeah. And But then that is the only interaction you ever get with ghosts. <laughs> right. So it's like, well, how else would you do it? I, I thought it was setting up some sort of, like, you know, like you get the broken pocket watch for the first six hours, and then after you save the first guy, you get it fixed and you can do the whole 12 hours. Uh-huh. So I was thinking maybe like in the beginning, you know, you have to use the candles, but eventually you get the full version of that power and you can oh. do ghosts whenever. That never materialized. No. <laughs> um, the other one I think I struggled the most with um, is the the last one. Well, not the yeah. last one, but the penultimate um, <laughs> one uh, with Arum and Thanos. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like once I like once I got it, I got it. But mm-hmm. that's another one with a lot of uh, different moving parts to it. Um, yeah. And specifically, what was uh, confusing me was where the handle for the last uh, slot machine thing was. Oh right. Um, um, so you end up like Thanos is related to the architect or maybe built the mansion mm-hmm. um, he thinks that the there's he knows that there's something going on in the in the mansion um, so he has this device um, that's an elevator to the basement where he yeah. thinks stuff is going on um, but the way that it's 
activated is through these weird like face card themed uh, slot machines, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asks our our um, <laughs> yeah, that guy to to walk around and and hit the and pull the levers. Um, and initially, you're told it's supposed to all be spades. Yeah. Um, that doesn't end up happening, and they burn to death. Um, so what you want to do is like follow him around and kind of get clues from him. Mm-hmm. But then once you make it into the actual place with the device, um, there's a, there's a fourth statue that doesn't have its arm. Um, right. and that, and that threw me for a loop for a really long time. And like, after I looked at the walkthrough, like mm-hmm. it seems obvious, like where did the arm go? Well, just go and like watch. You know that that's like the right. the solution to everything in this game, but um, but for some reason that tripped me up for a really long time. Hmm. Um, and then like so you have to you have to see the guy grabbing the arm off the slot machine, right? Um, and then after that you have to follow him around to the dining room. Mm-hmm. But in order to see into the dining room, since there's no keyhole, I guess you have yeah. to run around to the painting. Right, that's right. Um, and look through the eyes. And um, see that he hides it under the statue or whatever. It, he puts it behind. in a dumbwaiter. Okay, yeah, that's it. Um, and I don't know, like, that, that there was just a lot of steps and <laughs> felt like something that is easier to miss than, like, a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, I think the one that I that I got frustrated with the most was the act like actually the last puzzle where you're you're looking down from the balcony and the the guy is arming the bomb. Oh, really? Yeah, because I it just wasn't <laughs> like clicking to me that he had a clock and I could do like special things with clocks. Right. Because I've been so used to like every time it was always one of those, you know, big fancy grandfather clocks. Yeah, that's true. But when you realize that you can use your your time turning back powers to hook into his like pocket watch or whatever that he's using to, to time the bomb uh-huh. to warp back to the other room before he comes to get the bomb, because that's where the clock is. Yeah. You never, you've never had moving clocks before. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't know that that one seemed really like, especially because he leaves the room specifically twice. That's true. Um, <laughs> seemed pretty obvious that you just like, I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do down there, but I just, you know, climbed down and, well, that's the only thing I can interact with. Right. Um, and and one, um, one thing that they do that's kind of in your favor um, in the game is they will specifically prompt you for items if you yes. can use items with something. Right, that's nice. Um, huh, that's interesting. Did you have any others that you um, particularly st- struggled with? Um... I don't think so. Oh, I think the the one other time that I was just a little bit confused was uh, the third round. So after you save the professor guy in the beginning, you uh-huh. save the couple next, uh-huh. and then the time after that. I don't the remember. voodoo lady. Was that hers? Yeah. Okay. Um, it didn't, I don't feel like it like pointed me off in the right direction right away. Oh. I mean, I knew that I had like a door key code that I didn't before. Right. But I, I wasn't really sure, like, where I was supposed to use that. Mm. Um, and because it didn't really give me, like, I feel like you had to you had to travel a little ways before you got that initial vision of what was going to happen. Yeah, so, it didn't. It definitely doesn't give it to you right off. Yeah. So um, I was just kind of, like, wandering around being like, am I, am I doing this right? Like, I didn't even <laughs> quite, I didn't even really realize until that point that those visions were something to pay uh, attention to. Oh yeah. Because then when I finally got it, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like this is the actual start of this sequence. And then I need to look forward in the future, but. Yeah. And, and that one, um, now that I'm thinking of it is particularly tricky because like the ability that you get, um, from, from Trinity is the ability to hear things. Um, but I don't, I don't think it ever actually tells you that it prompts you to do it. So, no. like, I thought it was happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, before that happens, if you try and listen in on specific conversations, 
um, through keyholes, it it just like shows stars in text right. bubbles instead of like what it what it actually is. Um, yeah. And that's the first time that that sort of clued me in. So like, what you're supposed to do is follow her around, watch her listening to the staff member inputting the key code, and then you have to run around behind her and like listen to her as she's doing it. Okay, right. Um, and and you're right that does, it it is a little bit it, um, hard to sort of get a grasp on. Yeah. Did you have any uh, particular favorites? Um, I liked the. Let's see. I definitely. I actually really liked the uh, the piano and the singer. Mission. Oh yeah. Um, tequila bells. <laughs> uh, also because I think that little like that whole little sequence where he plays the piano and she sings her song is mm-hmm. probably my favorite music in the game. Oh yeah, definitely. Because uh, it's it's really like it stands on its own. Mm-hmm. would have been the ghost voodoo lady yeah uh just because you have to there's a whole sequence where so she ends up hanging herself from a from a bell rope Mm -hmm. and in order to stop her from doing that you have to like go around and absorb the the (laughs) she gets she gets like possessed by a demon fish that tells her to do that like an evil angler fish yeah basically And, and and you have to like I don't know, just the, the whole sequence of, like, feeding the little, like, voodoo charm to make it more and more powerful, to get through the door, to get into the place, and then figuring out that you have to, like, reroute the water from the tank to <laughs> yeah. put out her voodoo candle thing so she's not being controlled by it anymore. Like, that whole thing was pretty fun. I like that yeah. part. Uh, how about you? Um, that one was pretty good, although... I feel like there was a couple instances where I accidentally stumbled across something that would have been a little bit un- unscrutable um, if if I hadn't. Like, specifically, I think the first time that I came through, like, the the art gallery room that her secret room is behind, like, yeah. she just happened to be coming through the secret door. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that actually kind of happened to me, too. Hmm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they kind of timed it that way to make yeah, it, like, could be. likely that you'd show up to see it there. Um, but, the, yeah, but that one is really good. Um, I I think I really uh, like the, the one with Clay and Trinity, um, just because, like, we don't spend much time in the casino, even though it's, it, it's kind of build like, the focus of the game. It's kind of true. <laughs> um, but it's, there's, like, just a lot of, like, funny, quirky stuff about it. Yeah. Um, like, I think it's hilarious that, like, they they built a robot Grim Reaper to, to, <laughs> play, to like, deal blackjack. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, the way that you solve it is very clever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to find the code to the, like, security camera room and then project the spider room um, into the blackjack room. So, like play hulks out and saves her right you know? yeah and it still it still feels like simple enough that it feels good solving and it wasn't mm-hmm. frustrating yeah actually i mean i think to a degree i felt that about all of them like i didn't feel like any of them were particularly unfair 
or even if the, even the ones that I like got a little bit stuck on or had to look stuff up, I didn't even like, like it wasn't terrible. It was just that I, you know, maybe I would have gotten it if I would have kept like plugging away at it, but I was just getting frustrated and yeah, like didn't want to keep doing that. But like, it didn't, it didn't seem like it was, um, what's, what's a good word for it? Like not, unfair. not, yeah, unfair, I guess. Like not so complicated that no one possibly could have ever done it. Ah, you, you I know, think the, the term you're looking for is moon logic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, specifically, I mean, applied to um, the the trope of um, adventure games using um, uh, logic that doesn't, that would never occur to a normal person. The, so the sort of like smash items together until it opens a door approach. Right. <laughs> Do you know what the what was the origin for that? Do you know? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Hmm. Uh, do you think? Uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't played this game, but the end of Portal <laughs> Two is that referencing that trope? Uh, well, gosh, I mean, <laughs> in like I don't a weird know. roundabout way. <laughs> hmm. That's a that's a really good question. Hmm. Okay, we'll file that one away. <laughs> uh, let's see. What? I guess we could talk a little bit about the uh, the ending. Yeah, and actually the story in general, because um, as spoilers, you know, from here onwards, yes. um, I think that the game does a really good job of um, telling the story, and yeah, they do I think a really so too. good job. Um, sort of giving you enough to feel like you're engaged in the story without mm -hmm. telling you everything. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. So, like, you you actually really don't end up knowing that much um, until the very end. There, but mm -hmm. but it does like drop little clues, and if you like put the time into picking up the playing cards so you get the room descriptions like oh, yeah. there's a lot of like extra info or even just like examining objects in the world that kind of give you little clues right uh so so the way that it kind of ends up is uh i don't know i don't know if i should jump straight i mean like the climax of it is basically realizing that in the past, your character, like the original version of your character, set off a huge bomb yeah. that blew up the entire house uh, while all of his guests were over for this party that you're at. Right. And he was so guilty about it that he's basically been just replaying it over and over and over in his mind forever to torture himself. Yeah, I mean, he kind of like, so he was he was going to blow up the mansion uh to collect the insurance money so he could start a new life with his wife and baby. Um, but the timers get messed up, so it blows up uh, prematurely. Yeah, he kind of creates like a, I don't know, like a silent hill for himself. Yeah, because like a purgatory a little bit. Yeah, because it's not even, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's not even necessarily happening. Right, no, like, or like it's it's only happening in his head. Right, yeah, like kind of, kind of with that idea that like, if if you stretch out all of your remaining moments up until like right when you die, you have like a whole eternity of, right. of time to think through. Yeah, and and like there's a there's a character who you kind of initially are pointed at being the antagonist who's a, a guy with a golden golden skull. Yeah. Um, and it's revealed that he's sort of like he and the staff members are like these manifestations of like guilt and uh, yeah and sort of the the desire to be punished right um, specifically for the death of his friends and wife yeah um, and that somehow um, so I the way that I initially thought of it is that Eleanor was still alive because she's in the cottage. It's far enough away from the house. Mm -hmm. um, she ends up being the bloody woman. Right. Um, but the more I thought about it, the more it makes sense to me that, like, your character, Lu Lu 
live. <laughs> I always want to call him Lucario, but I realize that's a Pokemon. <laughs> Lafcadio. Lafcadio. Um, <laughs> is sort of like pulled out of his psyche by Eleanor, who is the manifestation of like his desire or his his like need to move on or right. find peace or acceptance. Yeah, and, and maybe just kind of like his wife was the person that he was really close to and saw the best in him. Yeah. So his mental version of her is someone who is who believes in him and kind of, you know, is able to. It's yeah, it's like in a weird roundabout, like his concept of what her concept of him <laughs> at his yeah. best would be, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of using using that since since, again, this is all happening in his own head. And even like not only is the guy in the gold skull mask him. But also, aren't all of the staff him, too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, all of this has been stuff that he's thought up. And since it's in his own head, it's it becomes real to him. Right. But then at the end, this is this is sort of like the excuse that he can use to let himself off the hook for all this guilt. Yeah. Well, and, and it I feel like it's kind of implied that this, like, sort of Groundhog's Day has been playing for so long at this point that he's almost even forgotten. Right. Like what what the real thing was to begin with. Yeah. He's just kind of stuck in this torture loop. Right. Well, and I think part of the idea of making your main character for himself is like he's he's trying to look at it with a fresh perspective. So like if he came into it not knowing everything that had happened mm-hmm. and saw like where things have ended up, would he still think it was a good idea? Right. Uh, and actually, well, what did you, so you get a choice at the end. You do. Uh, whether you let the loop start again or if you end it. Oh, I, uh, I chose to end it because I yeah, felt bad for him. That <laughs> yeah, seems right? pretty shitty. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not doing anyone any good. He right. doesn't even seem like he's enjoying it. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the end did feel a little bit, uh, like the end of Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> where where you sort of like There's suddenly so many you, you, lighthouses. I know, right? There's always a lighthouse. There's always there's, a man. There's always a Lucario. <laughs> there's always a casino. Yeah, uh, but just sort of like the realization that you have been just looking at like a tiny little piece of this infinite continuum that's been happening all around you forever. Yeah, and like you you have to make a decision about where to go forward from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and plus well, you kill yourself at the end, so there's that. More, <laughs> more, more spoilers. <laughs> well, and uh, and like I was actually this that 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 was the best outcome. I was I was really really worried that what the game was going to do is be like, okay, here's each individual scenario. Now to beat the game, why don't you do all of them? Which would have been a nightmare. That would have been oh, terrible. Yeah. I was kind of anticipating that too. I'm glad it didn't make you do it. It would have been kind of, I guess it would have been kind of cool if by the end you had developed all the skills and abilities to do that really smoothly. But yeah. I think it would have still been just a huge hassle. Like, especially with all the, the time and location dependent things you would have to do. Yeah. I don't even know if it'd be possible, really. Yeah, I mean, probably not. Um, and and honestly, like, in the beginning, it kind of weirded me out because, like, once you progress past somebody's death, like, they mm. still die. Like, you, yeah. I mean, like, you save them, but not really. Right, yeah, you really just save them that once the first time to get their power. Yeah. And then you move on to save someone else and let them keep dying over and over again the same way. Yeah. Um... How do you feel about the graphics? Uh, I like the graphics a lot. Um, I really, I liked the aesthetic. Yes. Uh, I I thought that it was, it, it reminded me a little bit of Braid. Mm, like, okay. It, like it's a little bit painterly and like a little bit cartoonish, mm-hmm. uh, but also done in a fairly realistic style. Yeah. Um, it, um, it almost reminded me of kind of like, if you took the art style of like massive chalice and like scaled Mm. back the contrast incredibly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, everyone's like, like sort of rounded, but like also kind of sharp. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially like the, 
the environment designs um, have that sort of like sort of lush, sort yeah. of angular. I don't know. It, yeah, it reminded or, or, me of that. Or kind of like uh, kind of like the uh, the Halloween Town inhabitants from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're all kind of made out of little bulgy shapes and. They almost look like it could be made out of plastic or clay or something. Yeah. Just because. Claymation is an apt um, yeah. description for especially the character design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great looking game. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if this is an issue like with my computer or with the game. I found <laughs> um, that I ran into some incredible slowdown every, oh, yeah. every once in a while. It would just like grind down and then it would pull back up and be fine. Hmm. Um, especially like if I was trying to interact with a door, um, like it wasn't hmm. doing a very good job of like preloading the next room or, Interesting. you know, um, and then also I, I started to get really annoyed with the, the way specifically your character moves. Yeah. Um, cause he's instead of, instead of it, it's it's not tank controls, Mm-mm. but it's not like tight left and right controls either. That's he, true. He does this weird sort of like kind of like you're pulling him by yeah, like the front swoops. of his head. <laughs> yeah, he does this weird sort of like swoopy swinging thing when he turns. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that that was kind of annoying to me, especially because it seemed like a lot of times, um, in order to select an object or a door, like you you wanted to be planted straight in front of it. But yeah. since your character kind of wibble wobbles everywhere, <laughs> uh, you, you have to like reposition him. Yeah. Or like fidget around to be like, Oh, it's a little bit, no, a little bit more. This, no, little, okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, music. Music. I really liked the music in this game. I think so too. Um, and actually we can probably broaden it to music and sound design. Because yeah. I, I was uh, surprised, like, sound actually plays a pretty big part in yeah. this game. Yeah, I was extremely impressed by how much... So, I guess, like, the the genre sort of swings back and forth between, well, like, electro swing and, <laughs> uh, and more, like, period-appropriate sort of, like, I want to say, like, Victorian music or something, but I don't know if that's yeah. actually true. Yeah. But like the kind of music that you might hear in a stately mansion and a fancy dinner party with guests with masks. You know, like <laughs> right. It, everything feels like it fits in. And so since you're playing through a loop of time, mm-hmm. you basically hear the same soundtrack every time you play through. And it has aspects of like each character's story incorporated into the soundtrack, yeah. which is kind of amazing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's probably strongest in the first mission yeah. or or maybe not strongest but most dramatic mm-hmm. um in that one because like it's like this you know verbose church music and there are these there's like a really big crescendo right before he gets shot yeah um but like all of the all of the themes from the different like room sections do kind of flow around the character's deaths Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically with sound design, like one of the fun things that I thought was really interesting is you can hear, I think, just about everybody's death. Yeah. No, um, I, I realized that, too. And like sometimes characters will comment on it, but like you mm-hmm. definitely hear the gunshot. You right. can hear the girl commit suicide because of the bell tower. Uh-huh. Um, the electricity will short out mm-hmm. for the theater. You hear the window break when the oh, singer yeah. uh, explodes the window. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so in some ways, like you're almost you're kind of getting a preview of mm-hmm. what'll be coming up next, even though you don't even understand the importance of it yet. Yeah, and yeah. then you're reminded of it afterwards. Like it's I don't know, it's it's really smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I feel like it it made it a little bit more immersive. Yeah, maybe because you're just so like surrounded by these these deaths and these murders like an actual like day cycle can't be more than like 10 or 15 minutes maybe mm-hmm. um so like every every time that resets like 
there's the guy getting shot. Like, there's the girl hanging herself. Like, yeah. it's very present. It's in the forefront of the game. Right. Yeah, does does time move kind of at, like, one minute per second? More Could or be. Less? Something like that? Something like that. I did find a little um, book on one of the bookshelves that was talking about an artist named Ludwig von Ludacris, who <laughs> pioneered the blending of classical organ and skank hop into a oh new my broadly goodness. unlistenable genre. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> How about, like, issues, like, specifically cons? I don't know. I did. I had some interesting things about uh, about interaction with the game. Yeah. So, so, for one thing, I felt like it had too many buttons it wanted you to press. Mm. So... I, I couldn't really think of many instances where you're in a situation and there's like more than one contextual thing you want to do. So like if you have, I don't know, like if you have, if you have an item in your uh, inventory or like, or if you have an ability in the repertoire that you need, mm-hmm. then you really only want to use it in that one way. Like there's not a lot of I don't know, like you have to press a different button to listen at the door and then hold a different button to use the power to listen further through. Oh, the door. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just little stuff like that where like the first click could have made you peek and then it'll automatically listen farther if you have that ability. The right. second click could have made you go through the door, you know, or mm-hmm. or like uh, what the clock, uh, the grandfather clocks that you have to um, key your pocket watch to to create mm-hmm. save points. That function is separate from winding the clock. Yeah. So when you pick up a key and use it to wind the clock, it doesn't save your progress there. You have to do it again. Mm, yeah. When I, again, like I couldn't think of a situation where I wound the clock, but I didn't actually want to drop a checkpoint there. Mm-hmm. You know, because usually you're just so like relieved that you finally <laughs> found the grandfather. So like, okay, right. cool. Now I can, you know, do the rest of it. Uh huh. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Towards the end of the game, you get to fast travel between mirrors. Uh-huh. Did you find much use for that? I didn't find any use for it. I mean, okay. <laughs> I I assume it's it's for, like, if you want to continue to explore the mansion now that you have your, like, full suite of powers. But right, honestly, like, right after you get it, you are you just forced into the end game? Or... Do you actually you, have a chance to move around? No, you can actually sneak out and like run around the mirrors after that. But okay. it, it really is just to find cards that you've missed, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, I did think that having fast travel between clocks that you had wound up would be really, really nice. Mm. Uh, because otherwise, sometimes you have to run or like maybe maybe I was doing it wrong, but sometimes <laughs> you really have to run like all the way across the house to get yeah. to the next part. And again, maybe that's that's kind of there for the same sort of reason that like grocery stores set up their shelves a certain way. Like they want you to walk past other things en route to the thing that you want. Yeah, that could be. Although like in those instances, are you usually like once you get to the other side of the building and you get to the next clock, do you reset the day immediately or do you play out the rest of the day? Hmm. I, I think I usually play out the rest of the day. Okay. Do you usually reset it immediately? Um, I did for a while, and that might um, attribute to my missing some of the stuff, but Mm. um, it seemed like each scenario wanted me to start the day there at the clock. You know, that's That's true. That's kind of your, like, focal point for that particular murder. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess fast travel would, would have been useful. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it might have made things a little too easy. I don't know if it would have made it easier or just more convenient. Yeah. Cause it, okay, so there there was that one, maybe like maybe two levels that I can think of where transit time is important. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the one where you had to go all the way up like out of the basement. Yeah. Like you have to go through a series of really long rooms to get to a thing and then come back or whatever and do that thing in time. Mm-hmm. And also that one you were talking about where you have to do the little roulette wheel flippy arm yeah. dealies. Uh, in order to catch the roulette wheels in the right position at the right times, you do kind of have to get efficiently to the next checkpoint. You know, whether it's getting in ahead of uh, on the A guy or if it's coming in behind him to fix the wheels that he's miss, uh-huh. uh spun at that point. Um, but other than that, I can't think of a time where, like, being able to 
fast travel would let you like get somewhere faster than you're supposed to? I think maybe I think part of the um the time mechanic is supposed to sort of create a sense of anxiety. Yeah, um, that's fair. This this sort of like ever you know, every every time you're doing something, every every time like time passes, like you're either using it efficiently or wasting it. And mm-hmm. for a big part of each scenario, like you don't you don't really know. Not that yeah. there's like particularly a consequence for like wasting your time because each day resets. Right. But you know, part of that explorational period in each scenario is kind of like, am I going to, you know, figure out what I need to figure out before the day resets? Am I going to have to do all of this over again? Yeah, um, that's true. So it might it might affect that a little bit, or maybe not. I mean, maybe having the ability to fast travel, you know, from one spot to the other wouldn't wouldn't really affect things that much. I don't think it. I really don't think it would break it that much. I think yeah. it would just be a, a matter of convenience for the user. <laughs> Um, but, but again, like the, uh, the only way that I could think of that maybe it would get in the way of things would be if they really wanted you to take your time and meticulously pick through each room as you come to it. Yeah, that's true. Which, you know, there's reward in doing that for Mm -hmm. sure, but. One of my favorite parts of, especially like the early game when you don't really know much about the people or what's Mm -hmm. going on, like is seeing other guests in other parts of the house that you can't get to yet. Right. So like. In the beginning of the game, like you can see, um, you know Thanos and Arum talking uh-huh. in like the main hallway through the door, and then later like Tequila Bell comes out on the balcony, yeah, and like just getting little snippets of people as you're moving around the house that you know you haven't interacted with yet or like you don't know really much about yet. Like that's right. that's kind of cool. But by the end of the game, like yeah, I guess that's really not as important. No, you've probably seen most of what there is to see, at least in as much as you can without, like, focusing on your current person that you're trying to save. Like, yeah. you, you have the incidental information that that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, had an, I did have an idea for the... We were talking before about how letting the masks catch you <laughs> when you're in the same room as a guest was basically, like, the only time that there was going to be any real consequences for that. Yeah. Um... It would be cool if, because there are times where, you know, you're in a room trying to do one thing mm-hmm. and a, a guest ends up sort of like sneaking up on you. Yeah. Like come into a room and you're not expecting it. Uh, if you had to do like a little quick time event then mm. that's like, oh, someone's coming, scramble to find a place to hide or to get through this door to another one or something. Press some buttons or like, I don't know. Yeah. Actually, you know, um, a hiding sequence would be particularly useful because yeah. uh, a lot of times you're either trying to do something in a room or maybe even like there there are closets placed throughout the mansion like that you can hide in. Yeah. But they're almost never useful unless you know that you want to hide in that room. Right. I noticed that, too. <laughs> and like most of the time, any conversation that happens in the room, you can overhear from one of the doors. Yeah. It's like you hardly ever have to be in a in a wardrobe or whatever to, to get that information. Mm hmm. So, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. It could even be a map power, honestly. Like, maybe when you start out, it could still have the, like, or map power, mask power. <laughs> um, like, in the beginning, you'd have to do some sort of, you know, quick little puzzle or minigame or something to get out of the room when someone gets mm-hmm. into it. And then after you got an ability, time would just freeze. Yeah. And you could pick an exit and go out mm-hmm. the way it or, effectively works. Yeah. Or hide in a wardrobe if you wanted to. Right. And because yeah. really, like, as it stands now, you can, if especially if you know a guest is coming towards you, like if you're listening at a door mm-hmm. and you see a guest walking towards it to try and get into the same room that you're in, you can just go through the door at the same time <laughs> as they're coming in yeah. and nobody ever notices. Like, other, yeah. you might as well not be there until you actually save the people from dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. So that, that part was a little bit weird. Like, I... It seems like there could have been a couple different ways to to sort of have that same functionality, but give it a different in-game, like, universe justification for why it's happening, you know? Yeah. Well, and, I mean, like, they don't really even give it an in-game justification. Not really. <laughs> you just can't be in rooms with people while they have masks on, is, yeah. is it. Right. Except when you obviously can, because, right. like, 
that also happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a particularly fun game. Um, I don't know if I would across the board recommend it to people. Yeah. Um, just because it is kind of weird and like, honestly, a lot of the gameplay is doing nothing. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not really doing nothing but it kind of is i mean you spend a lot of time just walking around behind people at like looking through keyholes and yeah and you know i was i was pretty immersed in the story and like interested in what's going on so like that was engaging to me but mm-hmm. not everybody is gonna get that yeah no. that's true i think that that was a good call saying it's kind of like a being a voyeur simulator <laughs> like you're, you are really just wandering around watching other stuff happen you uh-huh know? You're not allowing everyone, anyone to ever find out where you were. And like, yeah. One thing that, that I think actually did make it pretty accessible is that the gameplay lends itself really well to being broken up into little chunks. Yeah, definitely. Because I, like, what would you say was like the longest you spent on saving one of the people? I mean, maybe an hour. Yeah, that's that's basically what I thought too. Like it. I timed it. It took like an hour and 40 minutes for one of them that I got stuck on. Yeah. But all the other ones were pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of nice. And the game itself is pretty, pretty svelte. I mean, like, I think oh, yeah. you finished it in six hours. Mm-hmm. I finished it in eight hours, which is, you know, pretty, pretty generously like one hour per guest. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a fun, quick quick play and and like you were saying it's actually really sectioned up very well so like even if you just i i don't necessarily think it would be the best way to play it but even if you didn't have a lot of time you could just sit down with like one guest every day and make it through the game without too much trouble right yeah i actually i i did that a couple times uh during the week where like i just needed a break from work (laughs) so i just like put 20 minutes or half an hour into it and then go Uh back to what i was doing yeah it worked out pretty well i how often did you find your like inventory descriptions useful? <laughs> it's a really uh, specific question, but like there's like, so just at one point, uh, what's her name? The, the lady that's leading you around gives you a ring yeah, and it's called Sapphire ring. And the description is a blue tear shaped ring given to you by the bloodied girl. Yeah. So like, like, yeah, th- yes, that's what it is. That's exactly what I know that because it's a sapphire ring that she just, like, I just watched it happen. Right. <laughs> well, also, like, you look at the picture, it's tear-shaped. Um, yeah. Did you, <laughs> had you not gone to the garden at that point? Um, maybe not. Okay. Oh, that's a good point. No, I actually, I didn't end up doing that because I didn't realize right away that the singer's voice would break the other the the window in the main area oh uh i actually got kind of lucky and like i was just sort of starting to get to the point where i was like man i don't know where i'm supposed to go next and then went back through that room and i was like oh right like the the glass Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i guess would would that have been more useful if i had well so if you go to the cottage early um, I I immediately made the connection with the stained glass. Um, yeah. So you can get there early, but if you try and open the door, it says it's locked with a tear-shaped indentation mm. or whatever. Oh, okay. So that would be your your easy clue there. That's fair. <laughs> I did think that it uh, the other one that I might have suggested rather than a voyeur simulator would be <laughs> a, a stakeout simulator. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, because I, it occurred to me at some point that I was like, you have to do exactly what a real stakeout involves, <laughs> which is sit there and watch in real time as the story happens. <laughs> right, know? right. And well, like, especially once you have an idea of like what's going on in a particular scenario, like, you know what room you have to get to so you right. can set up and just like wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and like you even know like, oh, you know, at, at this time, this guy's going to come into this room. <laughs> so I have to make sure to be like in the next room over so it doesn't catch me. Like. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of fun. It's I, I think it says a lot about the game that it makes that fun too. Yeah, Because definitely. on the surface, that sounds dull yeah (laughs) but it's not really like it's actually pretty fun and it doesn't it doesn't seem like it gets old right well and i think a lot of that comes from just sort of like the personality of the game like one of the things that we didn't 
really talk about is like the staff members have a surprising yeah. amount of personality. That's true. Like they they all have like funny dialogue quips about like killing the guests or even like each other. Yeah. Some the, there's like sometimes where pairs of them work together. Yeah. And they'll have little banter back and forth while they're going about their business. Uh huh. Um, yeah, that's true. We could say like the writing in the game. Uh, was really good. Yeah, I think so. Unfortunately, I wish that each of the individual people that you save, besides Tequila Blue, because I, I, I really like the way, or Tequila Bell, mm-hmm. uh, because I really like the way that her story specifically wraps up. Yeah. Um, but nobody else really has much to say to you. They're just That's like, true. oh, Lafcadia, what are you doing here? Yeah. Okay, I guess we're going to leave. <laughs> we'll <a> check. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, hers, hers is particularly good because she like, you actually get a little bit of character background with her. Mm-hmm. Like she has that whole. She talks to you about how like, oh, she wrote that song because she was in love with the guy, and oh, that's like, right. It was so painful that like she felt guilty about singing it, you know. And then you just play another song for her, and she's happy. I had no intention to fall. Or to lose my calm Oh, but you came along With that crystalline smile And now I'm a fool for you One look and I forget how to walk Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I wish I wish there was a little bit more of that because your character is kind of like since you're dealing with a group of friends, yeah. like your character is connected to those people, but he doesn't really feel like it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, certainly nothing in the gameplay really in for in fact it's the opposite. Like the the gameplay requires you to be separate all the time. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, all the conversations, like, especially at the end where, like, it gets pretty narrative heavy. Um, yeah. Like, all the conversations back and forth with, like, between the Golden Skull guy and the and the Bloody Lady, like, that's all good. Yeah. Pretty well written. Well, and it, it's nice because that's, like, that's a good payoff at that point, too. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you've been saving all these people and that's fun on its own. But also, like, more and more you're starting to realize that there is sort of like a bigger story happening. Yeah. So it's a relief to finally get to the point where like, oh yeah, like that's that's why all this has been happening over and over again. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I did kind of, to be fair, I, I think this about a lot of games, but it would be really cool to have developer commentary. Mm, yeah, definitely. Because there was a lot of times, um, and actually like Portal was one of the first games that made me aware of this, was, you know, you, you go into a room and you know sort of what elements to look for. They have this, you know, design language that they've established that says, mm-hmm. like, you know, this is this is what you can do with panes of glass. This is what you can do with dark wall panels that you can't shoot a portal on. Right. Uh, and the developer commentary sort of says, like, okay, you know, we, we looked at all these play tests and we realized that, you know, people didn't notice this thing over here and they needed to notice it. So, like, here's what we did to attract their attention to it to kind of ensure that, you know, everyone sees the whole layout that they have to work with because it's yeah. a puzzle game. And, like, I think that kind of uh, applies to this, too. Like, there, I, I almost was, like, kind of like the, uh, like we were talking about her, one of the guests coming out of a painting mm-hmm. um, in the beginning of there. And, like, we might have both gotten lucky and just found that at the right time, or they might have actually gone over and over and over in that and been like, no, like... You know, people who are testing this are not getting it. We uh-huh. need to find a way to make sure that they notice that we can get in here. Yeah, that's true. That um, whole process must have been kind of interesting. Yeah, and I think, I mean, like, I've definitely found it most enlightening in, like, 
puzzle games um, or like adventure games that have uh, like developer commentary because like I, I I think sometimes like you know you sit down and you experience a game but you don't really like think about how much deliberate thought has yeah. to go into it especially in a game that's mostly puzzles and interactions like right. you have to um, you have to strongly like you said sort of establish a vocabulary or mm-hmm. a, a visual um, sort of cluing in that is going to be easy enough for people that haven't that aren't trained to look for those things like yeah. will still grab you know so like one of the things that I noticed is like even before you start interacting with ghosts, like mm-hmm. you can see the candles and they mark them on your map. Yeah. Um, same thing with, I, I want to say the little uh, mosaic domes that you can break with your singing also go oh, right. on your maps. They're, they're easy to see that they're reoccurring. So, you know, it's important. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, like, you know, it's important because it's on your map. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think that uh, the the designers and developers did a really good job of showing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, you know, we were talking about the um, the roulette puzzle. Like, one major clue for that is like, you know, that they're not actually supposed to be spades; they're supposed to be hearts. And mm-hmm. the way that you know that the I mean, like, you can overhear the guy talking about it, but right. also when you set it on heart, it goes green. Whereas all the other settings are just normal. Right. And actually like one of the first things you see when the second mission starts Mm -hmm. is one of those slot machines that's already set to the right value. Yeah. Uh, Which is a a good little like foreshadowing hint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, definitely the, the, um, the visual design is strong and, and, and and I think you're right. Uh, developer commentary would be really interesting. Is think, that is that it? I think that's <laughs> a, that's about all I have to say. I think. Yeah, I think me too. Well, um, um, next time uh, we actually have a game lined up because it's been like a million years since we've done this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to be playing Lizard. Yeah. Uh, which, which maybe Matt can explain a little bit about. I'm super excited about uh, it's. It was a game that was that I backed on Kickstarter originally just because I like old Nintendo platforming <laughs> games, uh, but then I I found out sort of over the course of the updates from the um, project creator, he does a bunch of like ROM hacking and like original Nintendo format music stuff, uh, and he decided to undertake the task of making this game strictly using like traditional development tools for the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So like the end result of the game is essentially a Nintendo ROM that like one of the really high level rewards is you can get a cartridge, like a, a yeah. real Nintendo cartridge that's uh-huh. been flashed with his game, you know, ROM on it. Or you can there's a little executable or whatever to do it in Windows. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, it just it seemed like a really cool opportunity to especially considering we both sort of grew up with that era of video game as a yeah, kind of definitely. like, you know, founding point or whatever uh-huh. to, to see what one that was released in 2018 looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to, to give it a try. Yeah. Um, so Lizard will be our next uh, next episode. Yeah. I guess we'll see you next time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. I might occasionally eat a bite full of rum. <laughs> we'll try to, try to do me. it off by. <laughs> damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>